Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Well, like Clayton Four mentioned, my name is uh, Braden Hilton. I am the associate youth pastor, kind of focused on middle school here at First Ruston. Uh, I also run the Depot Coffee House. I manage and kind of take care of that. So I have my hand in multiple baskets here at church. Um, just a little bit about myself. I am fixing to graduate. This is my last semester at Southwestern Seminary, so that's nice. I'm uh, 24, so it's nice to like finally be done with school eventually. You know, it feels like it never comes, but it's the, it's the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, very recently, I've been married. Uh, I married Emily. My wife's right there. She's sitting in the normal pastor's wife spot right there. It's real, she asked me, she said, can I sit where like, the, the speaker's wives sit? And I was like, of course you can. We're married now. Used to, she had to sit in the back whenever we were just dating and stuff. But now that we're married, we can bring her, for, bring her forward. Everybody can see her. She's a lot prettier than me. So we got married in May of this year, May 5th. So in three days on Wednesday, we will be married for four months. And let me tell you, I have got the marriage thing down packed. It's easy, you know. I figured out, I, I know everything I need to know about marriage, honestly. You know, if, if you have problems, you can come talk to me. Because four months in, I'm good at it, you know. She still has a long way to go, and I'm slowly molding her. But me, I'm good. And that's a complete joke, but I have learned a few things. I've learned things that make your wife mad because I've done things that have made my wife mad. Uh, you always have to tell her where you are, what you're doing, when you're coming home. That's a big thing. She needs to know where you're at. Apparently, you know, it's a big deal. She doesn't like to think you're dead in a ditch somewhere. Uh, another thing is she likes for you to remember the little things. So and four months ago, I got this wedding ring. And this wedding ring is like the biggest nuisance on my finger. I can, you'll see me this morning. And if y'all see me, just tell me like, stop. Give me that like teacher look. And because uh, I play with it, I take it off. I spin it on tables. I'm just not used to this ring. And every night I can't sleep with it because it's like a straight jacket. I don't know why, but I can't sleep with this thing. And I take it off and I put it on my bedside table every night. And every morning I wake up and I try to make a habit of putting this ring back on my finger, of remembering to put it on. But there are, there's been countless days where I haven't done it. I get to work, and Emily will wake up, and she texts me and sees my ring on the bedside table, and she says, you forgot your ring at home. And I'm just like, oh, no, I did. And I realize it. I realize it whenever I'm, like, driving to work, and I'm like, I could drive, turn around, but then I'll be late, and I'm like, ah, it's not worth it. But she says, you forgot your ring at home. And she does not like me to forget this ring. Because I understand. I mean, I'm the picture of, you know, manliness, you know, whenever I don't have this ring on, I'm batting away women with a stick because they're like, oh, he doesn't have a ring. So I understand her worry and her need for me to put this ring on so I can uh, just stay, you know, hey, sorry, ladies, you know, this morning I had to make sure I wear it. Sorry, congregation, but I am married. But it's a big thing to remember to put on this ring. This morning, we're going to look in the book of Deuteronomy in chapters four and eight. And we're going to talk about something that God says is also huge, and that is to remember Him. See, I feel like this is the human condition. The Lord knows that we are so prone to forget. I mean, you can meet somebody, and as they turn away, as you say, it was nice to meet you, you could forget their name. You know, you, if we don't write things down in our planners, if we don't put it in our phones, we forget and we don't do things. And Moses, in these two chapters, 
pounds on his Israelite people that they must remember the Lord. A little background to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is the last book that Moses writes. He wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And this is like the pinnacle of his preaching. This is essentially Moses' last sermon. See, Moses, in the time in the wilderness, he sinned against God. And God's punishment to Moses was that he could not go into the promised land. So Deuteronomy takes place in a span of a few days, few weeks, and it's on the plains of Moab. The plains of Moab are a raised up portion, and you can see the beautiful promised land that lies in front of Israel. But Moses knows that it is not in the Lord's will for him to go into that land. So this is Moses' last sermon. This is his last charge to his people, the people that he had led for 40 years, that he brought out of slavery. So Deuteronomy is just, it's like, I, if you've never read Deuteronomy, I encourage you to read it, and I encourage you to read it out loud, because the, the book can preach. And he just, I just imagine Moses standing there and just pointing forward to the land that is before them, pointing back to the wilderness that they just defeated and they just escaped from. And in these few chapters, we see one of the major teachings that Moses charges his people before he never has a chance to charge them again. We see in verse 9 of chapter 4, it says, Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and to your children's children. See, Moses here charges his Israelites. He says, look, I know you guys. You guys can be a great and mighty people, but you guys mess up a lot. And he says, man, remember what you've seen. Remember what's in your hearts. And he takes it further. He says, not only remember, but just tell people. Tell your children, tell your children's children, let, the Lord, let what the Lord's done in your life be an everyday conversation. See, I think if we as a congregation, if we as a church, if you as a believer, or just as a person, remember the times where the Lord has provided, where the Lord has given you triumph. See, we can be a, a nation going into a great land. We can be a people that raises him up and glorifies him. This morning, I hope just maybe through all my rambling and all my talking, you get this main point, and that is to remember the Lord. And you say, Braden, you ought to remember the Lord, but what ought we remember? I think we should remember two things that the Lord has done. Number one, we ought to remember the triumphs in life. Looking at verses 3 and 4, it says this. It says, your eyes have seen what the Lord has done in Baal Peor. For the Lord your God destroyed from among you all the men who followed the Baal of Peor. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are all alive today. See, Moses is talking about this great conquest that the Israelites had while they were in the wilderness. See, the Israelites were just forced and punished because they didn't think that the Lord could deliver them into the promised land 40 years earlier. So their punishment was just to walk. Until everybody said he couldn't die. And they just walked and they walked and they walked through nation and nation of huge people. And the Lord would 
soften the hearts of those nations that just allowed Israelites to walk through. But sometimes the nations were not so soft. The Israelite army would say, hey, can we walk through? And they'd be like, of course not. And the Lord says, well, you're going to go on through anyway. And he's talking about this in Baal Peor. He says, this was a nation so much greater than we are, so much more mighty than we are, so much more numerous, stronger, larger. And he says, but we defeated them. We wiped them off the face of the planet. The Lord destroyed them, but we who love God, he, we're alive today. See, Moses is pointing forward to the promised land. He's saying, look at that great nation before you. People in the promised land at this time were, were ancestors of Goliath. They were humongous people. No doubt people more strong than the Israelites. No doubt people more numerous than the Israelites. And I know in the Israelites' hearts they were scared about what lies ahead. But what Moses says, what you should remember is the triumphs that the Lord has already given us. In your life, you may be coming into some crazy next steps. Maybe you just started a family and you're seeing your kids grow up. Maybe retirement's in front of you and you think, oh, I have all this free time. I feel like I'm just going to get bored. But there's some crazy next steps steps in front of you that you think, man, I don't think I can face that. I don't know if I'm ready for that. But I promise you, if you this morning sat down and looked at the triumphs that the Lord has already given you, the nations just like the one before you that you've already defeated, man, you would charge into that next step. You would charge into that next point of life because you've seen how the Lord has already provided. Another thing we ought to remember is not only the good times, but we should remember the hard times in life. We ought to remember the hard times. We ought to be able to look back and see times that we were never, we weren't particularly happy. We weren't particularly, you know, just hunky-dory. And we ought to remember those times because I think in remembering those times, we can do a great thing. In chapter 8, flip over just a few chapters, Moses talks about this. And starting in verse 1, it says this. The whole commandment that I command to you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and may multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. You shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know before man that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord our God. Your clothing did not wear out. Your feet did not swell in these 40 years. Know then that in your heart as a man disciplines his son, The Lord your God disciplines you. See, Moses isn't only looking back and saying, hey guys, remember those great triumphs. See, the Israelite people were a very complaining people. They always had something wrong. I mean, they came up to Moses at one point and they said, Moses, you brought us out of slavery, but at least in slavery, we didn't have to walk everywhere. We had food to eat. You know, they were begging to go back to slavery in Egypt rather than just the current bad situation that they were in. Maybe right now you're in a very hard time in life. And I promise you, I am not trying to diminish how hard it may be. 
Because we go through hard times, and I cannot always tell you why hard times are happening. I don't know why the Lord doesn't answer some of our prayers the way that we want them answered. I don't know why the Lord doesn't bring healing whenever we want healing brought. But what I can promise you is that he has not abandoned you, that he has not left you alone. Man, I just ask, if you sat down this morning and you looked back to those hard times, I think whenever you really thought about it, you would see where the Lord was throughout it all. It's what Moses is doing with these Israelites. He's saying, you were starving. You were so hungry, but you didn't die of hunger. The Lord fed you manna. He said, you guys complained about walking everywhere. But let's really think back to that small detail. Did your feet ever swell? He says, you guys complained about not having a home, about being abandoned. But think about this. Did your clothes, did they ever wear out? And Moses is like, no. See, you think that these times were bad. You think that they were just abandoned. You said that the Lord has abandoned me, but he never did. He provided for you in ways that you may have not realized in the moment, but looking back, remembering, we see it so clearly. See, in this situation, it's like if you're a parent in a room, I know you've gone through this like traumatic experience. It's teaching a child to ride a bike. All right, I hate riding a bike whenever I was a kid. I was bad at it. I'm not very athletic as, you know, I fooled you with my physique, but I'm not very athletic. Uh, so I, and I'm the youngest of my family, so I feel like my parents were like, oh, we taught our first two kids to ride a bike. The other one can just figure it out because it's miserable to teach a kid to ride a bike. And I was bad at it, too. I was chunky. I just wasn't good at it. So every parent, if you're a parent in the room, you have told your child this lie, and you need to repent of it. You said to your just innocent, trusting you child that, no, sweetie, I'm not going to let go. And your kid starts pedaling, and you're holding on the handrails and you're like, I will not let go. And then you're like, oh, thanks, dad. Don't let go. Don't let go. And then he lets go and the kid's all alone and they're abandoned. And you destroy that relationship right there and they never trust you again. But hopefully, because you spend enough time showing them how to ride a bike, hopefully in that time they ride a bike. They don't fall over immediately and they don't, you know, go into the street and get hit by a bus Maybe they know how to stop, maybe they don't, but eventually they just bail off. And they, they have this confidence about them because, look at me, I rode a bike. See, that was a, that's a, you feel abandoned. You feel like you, the child's like, my, my parent just left me. I'm out here on my own. But in honesty, you would have never let them go into a street. You were never more than five feet behind them watching them ride a bike, watching them strive And watching them learn. See, that's what the Lord is doing with the Israelites in the wilderness. He's never far away. He's never going to put them in harm's way to where they can't handle it. But though they feel abandoned, though maybe you in your past have felt like the Lord is not here, I promise you, remember, because he was. And if we remember those hard times, remember how we got past those and how the Lord provided the hard times that lie ahead. Though we feel abandoned and though we feel like, man, we're not... We're not capable of getting through this. Man, it'll give us the the comfort that, man, he's provided for me even whenever I feel like he's not there, even whenever I haven't been close to him. So we ought to remember the triumphs and we ought to remember the hard times. See, because here's what happens whenever we choose to forget. Whenever you be like me and you leave my ring and you make your wife mad and she gets angry at you, what happens 
whenever we forget God. I think we lose our number one purpose on this life and we diminish the glory of the Lord. See, the Israelites, Moses warns them of this starting in chapter 8, verse 11. He says, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes that I've commanded you today. When you have eaten and you are full and you have built good houses and you live in them, when your herds and the flocks, they multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and everything that you have is multiplied, then your heart will be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of that land of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with fiery serpents and scorpions, whose ground was thirsty and there was no water and he brought you water out of the funny rock. He fed you in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you to know so to do good in the end. Beware lest you stay in my heart. My power and the might of my hand have attained me this wealth. See, Moses is warning his people. He's saying, guys, we have conquered something fantastic. And we're going to get in this land. And he says, this land is a good land, a land flowing of milk and honey. And you're going to get in that land and things are going to be bestowed upon you. You're going to be blessed. You're going to, have, you're going to be full for the first time probably in 40 years. You will turn away food. You're going to have strong and mighty houses. But he says, do not forget the Lord your God. Because what's going to happen, and this happens so much, I feel like, in our, in our seasons of plenty. In our times where we, are, you know, we have abundance, we forget and we say, the strength of my hand, the power of my will have gotten me here. See, this is the American, like, just slogan. It's the American dream that you can work hard and you can make a name for yourself. But see, that was never the goal of the Israelite nation. They were meant to make a name for God. They were meant to bring him glory. See, and if we choose to forget, we're diminishing what the Lord has done because rather than pointing back and saying, the Lord did this, the Lord did that. He brought me through this. He gave me strength in that. We say, I did it all. And rather than being who we're meant to be and bring glory to the Father, we bring glory to ourselves. The Israelites are meant to be a walking billboard for God in this nation. But whenever they choose to forget, they're pointing to themselves and they're saying, we are a mighty nation. We have gotten this. We defeated that. And eventually people just don't even see God in the nation anymore. Whenever we forget God, we diminish his glory. But we do one more thing. We put ourselves in harm's way. A little bit further down. Picking back up in verse 17, it says this. He says, beware lest you say in your... In your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God who gives you power and wealth that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers. And if he forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. Like the nations that the Lord makes perish before you, so shall you perish Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. See, Moses is warning his people. He's saying, guys, listen to me. Do not forget who has gotten us to this point. He says, I can't go in there. I can't lead you anymore. I can't remind you every day that it's God who you ought to look to. See, you'll leave from this 
room and, you know, normally you don't have a pastor that lives with you that can remind you to look to the Lord. I mean, I forget to look to the Lord. I forget to remember him. And in doing that, I put myself in harm's way. Because this is what he warns. He says, just as the nations before you were about to wipe them off the planet. You know why we're wiping them off the planet? Because they forgot God. God has let them. I think God would have given them the opportunity to be in that nation had they glorified him. But they hadn't. They worshiped other gods and they abandoned him. So God says, look. We're going to wipe them out. They will surely perish, and so will you if you choose not to follow and remember who I am. If you choose not to glorify me. He says, we're about to go into this nation, and we're about to rob them of their land and strip their kings from their thrones. And he says, so will you if you do not remember me. In Judges chapter 21, verse 25, it says this. It says, surely there was no king in the land of Israel Everyone did as they saw fit. That's about 400, 500 years forward. And in that 400 years, the Israelite nation forgot their God. And the God who is always meant to be the king of their land. And as the author of Judges writes, he says, there was no king in the land of Israel. We see there in story. We see how in, throughout the Old Testament, the Israelite nation is punished and stripped from their land and sent into captivity because they chose to forget. See, we're going to bring ourselves in harm's way whenever we say, I did this with my hand, so I'm going to go face giants that are greater than me because I've done it before. And you march into this huge step forward and you say, I'm going to do this all alone. And God's going to look at you and he's going to say, all right, if you're going to do it all alone, you go do it all alone. And he'll let you march in and like a disciplining parent, he'll let you fall. Because you'll say, look, you never did it before. It was me the entire time. You have no chance of making those giants disappear without me in your heart and without your hand in mine. See, we bring ourselves in the harm's way whenever we choose to forget the Lord. But whenever we choose to remember, we do a great thing. We do a mighty work. Number one, we do what the Lord has for us and we bring him glory. In chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, it says this. It says, keep them and do them, for that will be your understanding and your wisdom in the sight of all people. Who, when they hear all these statutes that I give you, they will say, surely this is a great nation. Surely this is a wise and understanding people. For what a great nation is there that a God is so near to them as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him. And what a great nation is there that has these statutes and has these rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today. He says, look, guys, if we simply remember God, if we simply do our job and glorify him, bring praise to his name and not our own, people will look onto us and they will say, what a great nation and what a great God. If you're a person that chooses to bring the Lord into daily conversation, If you're a person that chooses to tell what the Lord's done in your life to your children and your children's children, people will look to you and say, what a great God that has brought that person through all these things. A lifetime of following God and a lifetime of giving him praise. People will look to you and say, what a great man or woman of God. See, you yourself glorify God and you yourself get a little glory. 
Because whenever we hold fast to the Lord, whenever we choose to remember him, we do what we're meant to do and we bring glory. We're the walking billboards in Ruston, Louisiana for the Lord, our God, and for Jesus Christ. And not only do we bring him glory, but we ourselves are blessed. This is what he says in chapter 8, 6 through 10. He says this. He says, so, she, so you shall keep my commandments of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good, good land. A land of brooks and waters, of fountains and springs, flowing out of hills and valleys. A land of wheat and barley and vines, fig trees, pomegranates, milk and honey. A land in which you will eat bread without scarcity and you will lack nothing. A land whose irons are whose stones are iron and whose hills you can dig copper. You will eat and you will be full and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. See, he's saying, guys, if you simply remember me, if you bring praise to my name, you are going to be so blessed. See, this isn't a health and wealth gospel. I'm not telling you this morning that if you choose to remember God, that you choose to reflect on him daily, that you're going to have so much plenty in front of you because that's not always the case. But what I will promise you is that you will be blessed. David Allen's uh, the dean of preaching in Southwestern Seminary, and he puts blessing in the Bible like this, and I think it is a great definition. He says, blessing in the Bible does not describe pure emotion. It does not describe that all things are going well. But it describes that no matter what, a person who knows God and God knows him through Christ is a blessed man. See, what he's saying is you can be going through the worst time in your life. You could be everything around you falling apart. But if the Lord your God knows you, if you remember him, if you still bring him praise through the fire like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said even though we may not be delivered, our God is still God. See, he's saying, even though everything may fall apart around you, you are still blessed because the Lord knows you. You can have nothing, but if the Lord knows your name and if you're in right relationship with him, I can have everything else fall around me, but if my hand is in the Father's, then I'm a blessed man. You can be a blessed man. You can be a blessed woman this morning, but I just ask that you do this. You remember God. Don't take my example. Don't forget your ring. Don't forget the person that's been with you through thick and thin. Don't look and say, I've done this, because that's the way that will lead to eventual destruction. But I ask that this morning you sit and you think back and you think forward how the Lord has provided you in the triumphs and in the hardships. Remember him, bring him praise, and allow his blessing and his comfort to pour over your life. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you that you are a great and mighty God. I thank you that you give us the opportunity to be your billboard, to be your namesake here in Ruston, Louisiana. Lord God, I pray that we as a congregation choose to remember you. And I pray if that there's if there's anybody in this room that has never been in that right relationship with you. They've never given their lives to you. I pray that they do that this morning. I pray that they realize the benefits and the blessedness that comes along with that, Lord God. 
I pray that they say to themselves that, man, I am a sinner, but Christ, you died to save me. And I want you to make payment for my sins. And Lord, I promise from here on out, I am going to live for you and I'm going to be your billboard, be your walking billboard and bring glory to your name. As we enter into a time of invitation, I just pray that if you made that decision, that you let somebody know about it. If you finally got in right relations with the Lord, I pray that that is not a, a private thing, but you make it public. And Christian, maybe you realize that you have been forgetting the Lord for far too long now. I pray that you repent of that this morning and that you, uh, you make a change and you remember who he is. As Wayne begins to sing... I pray that you uh, just respond, stand and sing and respond as uh, you feel led.